So I stopped posting the workout the night before and it unleashed just terror. People were like, you can't do that. How do I know what to bring for the workout? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I went to regionals and didn't even have a jump rope. Like, what do you need to bring? Fire away. All right. <laughs> well, I'm Kariana and Bill. Do you want to, you're like, I'm looking Bill. at me. You're Bill. I'm Kariana. Well, I'm looking at you because it's better to look at you than the <laughs> yes, screen. Yeah. Um, we're professionals. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, you know, we have both, I'll speak for myself. I have been in the fitness space for, I, I kind of like am at that point where you're like, just say like, 15 plus years because you feel like really kind of old and you're like, wow, that's been 20, 20 years. Um, but it's been a long time and started out not related to CrossFit, but then found CrossFit and loved it. Um, but then I guess about, I don't know, six years. I'm so bad. I say things were like three years ago and Bill's like, that was 10 years ago. I'm like, okay, don't have a good sense of time. But probably five or six years ago um, from a professional standpoint just started asking questions I guess is kind of a good way to put it um and what's cool about having been in the industry like pre-crossfit is um you know I I do feel like I had the experience of seeing like different trends um so it seems like the fitness industry goes in these decades of trends you know there's like mm -hmm. whatever it was at the time you know there was the there was the group exercise time where like that was like the big thing. And um, so, you know, it is always, I don't know if sometimes it evolves, sometimes it's just a trend, but in terms of like an evolution, um, I do think when CrossFit kind of came on the scene, it was a, it was a cool evolution in that it introduced something else other than just fitness, you know, like it was unheard of to not have mirrors in a gym like, how would you see yourself and know if you're, like, a good person or attractive or doing things right? Um, so that was really interesting to me. And I loved that feeling that something else that was, was there. Um, and that really, you know, inspired me to share that with the people I was working with and, and introduce them to this, like, new thing that was, like, deeper than just fitness, um, movements, exercises, you know, it's a strange thing working with people. The fitness industry is all about on the outset, like weight loss, body composition, six packs. But like, I've met so few people in my 20 plus years that have really, like, there's a handful of people that are like, I want to do a figure competition or bodybuilding. And then they eat chicken and rice and do all the things and, you know, work hard at that for six months to a year and then they have these massive changes but other than those very rare rare people um, and that's such a temporary blink of an eye you know most people at the end of the day don't necessarily care like when it comes down to okay do you want to enjoy your kid's birthday party and have a piece of cake or do you want to have a Tupperware of chicken they're like I, I want to live my life you know mm -hmm. um so that's sort of like a weird thing because it's like you're watching these people that are saying they're about performance and they're saying they're about the numbers um, or that's like the, the thought of the industry. But at the same time, 
my experience of people was that at the end of the day, they just wanted to like feel good, feel good and be able to leave the gym and like have a good life be fulfilled. You know, like there's 23 other hours of the day that people have. And someone recently said to us, you know, this notion, like the best hour of their day, that's like a thing like, Hey, you want to be the best hour of the day? And they were like, if we're the best hour of their day, like, what is that saying about your life? And that's kind of an interesting perspective. Like we should be a great part of your day that inspires the rest of it or helps with energy or, or whatever these positive things are. But it's certainly the gym should, shouldn't probably be the best thing you have going on in your life. Um, so that's good for us, you know, my, my story of kind of what else is there. I think Bill sort of poked me a little bit to start asking questions, um, before I was maybe ready, but hmm. for me just kind of seeing, Hey, like what, what is this fitness thing about? What, what do people actually want? Because I don't know that squatting this way or that way or doing a kettlebell swing or getting a better mile time, like it just didn't seem to be aligning with what I wanted to provide people in the bigger scheme. What? Why are you laughing at me? I'm not. I'm not. That's my, that's my story. Yeah. Did well, she, was she honest there, Bill? Did she, did she yeah. leave out any details? No. I mean, I, I think one of the things that we've talked about, I guess maybe, yeah, the three of us, but, but certainly Kay and I as well. And, Sometimes there's this notion of kind of being, maybe feeling lost in the fitness industry, whatever, whatever that is. And, mm -hmm. you know, seeing people like you and what you've got going on with BPR, it's like, okay, there's like, there's a, there's actually like this beacon. It's really far away. I'm not going to get to it yet, but at least we know it's out there. We're not completely alone and completely lost. And to help kind of navigate and, you know, when, when we've both felt that kind of like, what are we doing? Um, mm -hmm. what's going on? Like, especially <laughs> going from a CrossFit standpoint where, you know, it, CrossFit or high level athletics or military or something, it's like, what are we doing? What's the effect we're having and, and kind of feeling lost. And I've always said to Cariana, one of the things that I was blown away by when I found her gym, her CrossFit gym in 2010 was that this wasn't just about sets and reps and times and weights. And I didn't really, I, I, I had, you know, kind of done the classic, I'm going to digest everything on the journal that I possibly can and watch the videos. And, you know, I said this before, like you were my level one instructor, which is like so cool. And I was very, very fortunate. I think in that permeable time to of no doing of my own, just pure luck, bump up against people that I had this sense of like, oh, this person isn't gym bro or fitness gal or whatever, but there's a hum there's like a human like a deeper humanity to this individual. And not everybody, but enough. There was enough people that I was like, dang, this is cool. Really, really cool. And that essentially established like some sort of, I think, baseline or standard mm -hmm. foundation for how I viewed CrossFit at the time, because I was coming from a very successful collegiate athletic career, preparing and going into the military in a pretty high, like intense um, pursuit in that regard, 
And, and I just knew that the preparation that I was looking for and the connection that I was frankly yearning for that the military at the time was providing that, that, that CrossFit and the affiliate and the local gym kind of, kind of, um, uh, granted that. So now fast forward when we've been sort of lost, it's like, Hey, you've always been someone who has had this deeper essence to you and mm. wanting to have what you're creating be the experience and the, and, and the incubator for which people can develop these deeper things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I actually remember the moment that I was kind of like, wait, there's no Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> and it was really nice guy who's in the front of class. It's a workout. It's got kettlebell swings. I've seen this person swing a kettlebell probably 3,000 times at this point. And he picked the 35 pound kettlebell. And I was like, Hey dude, like you're, this is the safest Hit the thing. showers. <laughs> you're out of here. Get out, get out right now. And I was like, you know, I, um, I feel like it's time, you know, like it's time, like, like, let's grab that. Let's grab that heavier one. And maybe you don't do the 20 reps. Maybe you do 10. Maybe you just do it for a set. But like... Maybe you don't go over your head. Maybe you don't go over your head. We'll do something different. The different thing we're doing is not selecting the same thing we always do. That's yeah. that, And that's different enough. And it was just kind of like, yeah, no. And even the mechanics of the swing, I was like, ugh. And I remember at that point just kind of actually feeling defeated and, and a bit mm -hmm. angry. And like, what am I doing? And not so much that you know, this person's a bad person. Although I kind of, I think initially ignorantly had a little bit of that, like, Oh, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like judging someone on the character of their soul based on the quality <laughs> of their kettlebell swing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but like, because how you swing a kettlebell <laughs> is who you are. Like tells yeah. something about who this, you guy's, are. this guy's that, probably that a terrible father. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's saving energy so he can go home and beat his wife. You know, you're like, what are we talking, what are we talking about here? Um, and, you know, really what that was wasn't so much, hey, do this. You're, it wasn't a, you're defying me. It was, what is it getting in the way of you not even really entertaining that? And mm. that psychological component was so, also, that was so far removed from what I felt like was one of the truly, uh, it was like an it was like in, an intangible asset of this whole thing, and I think that really kind of was the first domino to drop. And um, yeah, just kind of a death of curiosity, and mm. just sort of. But but this, you know, when I look at it, I, I do feel, and I still feel like that, that that there's this, yeah, just like hamster on a wheel kind of situation, um, or that's kind of what it became, you know, for me, or and and. Again, like not that it's about all about me as a coach, but the reason I got into this was to help people to be part mm -hmm. of this journey for them to be a guide or to yeah to to offer something and at a certain point when you feel like i'm I'm really not helping anything, I'm just sort of facilitating a, a clock and and yelling some some things it's kind of um it it did make me feel like okay well i'm not a fit for this anymore. Therefore, I should remove myself from this. I mean, theoretically, like they're just doing what they always do. 
if I want something different or I think there should be something different, but they don't want that, then whose problem is that? Um, so that was definitely the thing for us to kind of feel like, okay, well, let's seek out how do we, at a certain point, like things need to change. And um, that led us to kind of creating a different vessel to, to do that in um, because I think we had turned the ship as much as we could and mm. it wasn't going, it wasn't going to go any further. Um, yeah. You know, when I hear you guys tell those stories, I, I can think back, Bill, to this, some of that same optimism that I had. And I think with, with CrossFit specifically, like it, yeah, I mean, I remember like reading in abstract some of the stuff on the journal articles and think, man, this is a really cool recombination. This is a really cool way of synthesizing these things that had once lived apart. But I think if I'm honest with myself, it felt like one of the first times in my life that this was a group of people that wanted something that was a little countercultural. And then yeah. the longer you're in it, you realize like, man, Cross is just like any other institution with human beings like it's not perfect and in the more popular it gets there is a lack of creativity and i think that if i'm really honest with myself like as more and more people caught on to it it lost it lost some of that luster as something that that really could you know because i don't know if you're you remember like some of the early videos like they would have some expert come in and it would be it would be a total shit show. It would be, a, you know, like I just remember in Santa Cruz, they had some guy having people step over hurdles and everyone was racking themselves as they stepped <clears> over the hurdles. And as I'm watching this video, I was like, this isn't going to last, you know, like this, this isn't going to be something that makes the cut. And I, I really missed that aspect of it being mm -hmm. what felt like, Hey, anything goes, let's try this and let's see if we can incorporate it. Yeah. Yeah. And as yeah, it got, yeah more well-established, I think just like anything, you realize like, okay, this, this isn't going to be, like you said, a perfect vessel. And that's one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is like, hey, there is no, there is no perfect vessel. Like even this thing that we're talking about that we're trying to expand and trying to create, like I'm under no illusion that I'll have figured it all out or heck, even that it'll catch on like CrossFit did. But I think the point is to reestablish some of those ingredients that that we three really liked when we when we first gravitated yeah. towards this thing. So yeah, do you I'm, remember? Um, I have to because this one stands out. Do you remember the yes. snow sho the shoveling the snow oh, shoveling? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did tried to that tell somebody about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "We're doing it. This is you know, it's like we're doing it." This is, and you know, of course you make up, but this is, this will help you do it properly. Like no one shoveling snow is terrible and you should not replicate it with a barbell over a box. Yeah. But, I tried, I tried to explain it to somebody and they were like, what? I was like, oh yeah, the workout of the day. We all, we all did it. We were like, yeah, man, we're just, just, just. Yeah, just. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think and like doing goofy shit like that, too. It's like, right. yeah, you know, not everything makes sense here. At CrossFit. Yeah. We're on the yeah. edge. Um, I do think that what like I, I will say that there were some times in class where I did question people like the unknown part, this unknown situation kind of died out at one point. We, we tested out 
I sort of felt early on like a frustration with that already. Um, I think mm-hmm. it was with probably what, the yeah, like people saying they were all about the unknown. Uh-huh. But yeah. so I stopped posting the workout <laughs> the night before, and it in it like unleashed just terror. People were like, "You can't do that." How do I know what to bring for the workout? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I went to regionals and didn't even have a jump rope. Like, what do you need to bring? You know? Mm-hmm. And they would, well, I have to bring everything now. And the, the and it's sort of at that point, I was like, but, uh, you know, it was where people want the unknown, but they want their spot and they need their things. And, you know, and not to an unsafe degree, like, yes, you be prepared and, but it kind of like it bothered me that that was this badge of honor, but then nobody was curious to see like what would happen if I stood on the other side of the room or used, you know. And for us, it got into the tools like, hey, for about fitness, like this tool, this kettlebell might be a better tool than a barbell. But there's this attachment, and that's I think some uh-huh. of what you're talking about the the exploration, the curiosity. It it kind of flattened out to be this yeah. very mainstream cookie cutter branded thing that once was like, Hey, let's see what happens. And everything is new. And I recently went back and was looking at like the very early, early workouts. And it was really cool to see, like it would say in there, like, Hey, don't go crazy today. Cause you know, there's some harder workouts coming up today. Mm-hmm. Like bike, like if you tried to do that now, people, but that's not CrossFit. It's like, oh, well, actually, like, the real CrossFit, we laugh because we're like, we feel like we're doing probably the essence of CrossFit more now totally. than the CrossFit gym we did three years ago. Because it's just missing those, you know, at the level one, we used to say, if tomorrow people found out that rollerblades and hula hoops got you fitter, and, and that drove me crazy because it's like, but... You say that that we would make a change and we're not attached to these things, but we are now. Like, that's not CrossFit. Mm-hmm. This is CrossFit. That's mm-hmm. not CrossFit. And it's kind of sad to see that have disappeared because um, I do think in fitness, though, things become so dogmatic and they all kind of have to get – They people need to, like, put it in a category. And I think that robs people of results and fun and exploration and – it just becomes this measurement of something that isn't necessarily healthy. Yeah. Why, why do you think that's such a tendency, the, this dogma, this, you know, almost default to try to really solidify something versus, you know, doing virtual shoveling? <laughs> I mean, my, my take on it is that it's, it's not, um, it's just, I think, a natural process that the brain, which is always trying to predict and, and make known what's not known, just kind of doing its thing. And, it, you know, it's like, okay, it means this. We like to have that bucketing and that kind of, you know, system one, fast thinking, maybe not necessarily accurate, um, but fast and not as metabolically uh, and cognitively expensive, you know, and it's just like what we do as, as, as humans, as beings. Um, and, and it falls into that. I also think that CrossFit would, you know, 
What's pretty amazing about it, the, 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 like some of the most empowering stories and life-changing stories are not the Rich Fronings and the Matt Frasers and the Tias. Those are, there's any, those are, they're impressive for sure, but they're not inspiring. The inspiring thing for most people at the affiliate is like James or Jenny came in never having been an athlete, never having played a sport, never having owned workout clothes. And she showed up. He showed up. They kept going. They were scared shitless of the rope in the box. And at X period of time after doing this, climbed a rope, jumped on top of the box, and cried afterwards. Tears of accomplishment and pride. If, an, if that doesn't get an affiliate owner fired up, get out, right? Like, there's the door thing. Forget the kettlebell. That's got to be the door, right? Where this person had this journey of not just, like, skill acquisition, but personal transformation and how they mm. see themselves. Mm. And I think that, like, you know, I, didn't, I never really came from the fitness industry. Working out was always a means to an end. I was kind of Machiavellian about it. If I did better between the lines or if I was going to be better about whatever, you know, the sort of military application was going to be, I'm going to do it. Um, so I never really a appreciated where or what people were doing, you know, prior to, we'll say like whatever, oh, two. And yet here's all of these normal, regular, everyday, non-kind of identified athlete people who are having personal and psychological transformations. Mm. And, But do you think that's still happening? Yeah, I mean, I think to, I don't know. I mean, I would, yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it's happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that like, so now you have these people who have kind of drank in the potion of personal transformation but they, 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 they know what they sort of drank, but maybe they don't understand what was the recipe or what was in there. And they're like, no, 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 I just want the thing. And you're like, and it's like this water bottle. It's like, no, but whatever liquid's in this blue water bottle, I need it. And it's like, yeah, but it's not about the blue water bottle. I think some of the known and the certainty, it's the form that people get attached mm -hmm. to, the known, not mm -hmm. the essence and the, the, the what's inside it. And I yeah, think that's where yeah. folks like us are kind of saying like, hey, call it whatever you want to call it. But like, what are the inputs? What are the ingredients? Let's expand upon that. And, and, and Yeah, because ironically what happens is then it does like thwart the rest of their progress because what got them there in the first place was curiosity, was exploration, was learning new things, getting out of their comfort zone, but then they get so attached to like, the, it was this thing and they miss, yeah, they miss the true essence of what it was and the behavior that changed, not that it was a box jump or a kettlebell swing or, and the, and the body changes. And I think it's like from a physiological place, like people don't realize like adaptation, you know? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there, there's this variance piece that's not really that varied anymore. Um, and, you know, then it just, then, then people are in a loop and they're chasing this thing that they had when they started. And it's like, but you're a different person now and physiologically yeah. you need to change things. So, yeah. That's a great point. And as a, that's a good hinge. That's a good segue as you're describing that story of the, the person that 
in in that story that we really want to hear, not the not the top tier athletes. It's because it has nothing to do with fitness, right? It's like you know the Tia's and the Matts and the the Riches, like you said, like it's it very much is dependent on fitness. That that is the thing that matters. But you know the person that transforms their life, we we have just recognized and agreed that this physical transformation is really closely attached to like a life transformation. Um, but I've heard you guys say it and, and I, and I agree with you that just because one's there, doesn't mean the other's going to happen. And just when the other happens, it doesn't mean that it's because of, you know, like you said, these particular ingredients. So here we are. I'm Spencer. It's Kariana and Bill. These are, these are my, my friends that we've never actually spent a lot of time together. And when I say a lot, I mean no time together in person. But I, but I feel like you guys are kindred spirits. Um, I know a lot about you two, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I know that, I know that um, you had a boot camp before you had a CrossFit gym. What was your boot camp called? It was actually called Empower because it was all mothers. Nice. I had a boot camp as well. It was behind a grocery store, and it was called Get Right Training. Get, <laughs> Website getrighttraining.com. It was, uh, I mean, it was, think CrossFit, but think even more um, dysfunctional. It was just like, man, how could we, how could we get somebody to throw yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler Jordan was your first coach. That's, or that was your yeah, coaching. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, nice. Bill, you played soccer all growing up. Mm -hmm. Does do you have a hard time with people believing that because your arms are so big? <laughs> Is that hard? Like when you say I was a soccer player, okay. and someone looks at like your arms, you're like, he's lying. He just Bill has like body, like a weird form of body dysmorphia where he doesn't actually like oh, no. identify as a muscular person uh -huh. like it doesn't bother him but he was so small for so long like uh -huh. yesterday i said something and he's like i just don't feel like i'm like a muscular person like i don't see myself like that i'm like what are you saying bill let's just let's uh <laughs> let's pull the audience here yep everyone everyone believes that you you have plenty plenty of muscle yeah it's like a road yeah. like a road map of newark over there <laughs> Trying to look you, trying to look you in the eyes, but I can only, I'm only looking at that elbow. Oh man, um, some people do. Yeah, yeah. Some people, <laughs> some people have hard time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, ran a lot more at that time. Yeah, I mean, I was mm. also 30 pounds lighter in college. Uh, you know, I was yeah. probably 170 to 180. Is, mm -hmm. would, would wow, you're sitting be the range. high these days. Well, like I'm like two. Ideally, I'm like right now? Now, right 200. Now? You know, 200. yeah, 200. Um, yeah, but to, to genuine, gen, genuinely, I was the little. I I was a late bloomer. Um, so mm -hmm. you know, up until junior in high school, I was like uh, the smallest kid in the class, the smallest person on the field. You know, I, I had to be kind of hard as nails um, physically and mentally to have any success. And at those developmental stages, when that's ingrained into you, 
yeah, like how you see yourself um, in terms totally. of how you also interact with the world. That was a real thing. Um, so yeah, I don't, I have a hard time kind of seeing myself as a, you know, whatever, six, one muscular guy. Yeah. Yeah. Six, one handsome muscular. It's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to tight skin. It's hard to believe all that now. Mm. Um, let's see what else, what else should we say? Uh, you opened, uh, Motown in 2008. Yeah, so I started actually in a in our town that we live in, a smaller town, Bernardsville. Mm -hmm. So I opened that affiliate in yeah October of '08, and then I opened another in Morristown, which is like a larger town because I saw like, hey, this is, I think this is going well, and this is a bigger town, and why not? Um, yeah. I took a lot of risks as an entrepreneur that some might have questioned, um, but mm -hmm. it it worked out well. And then eventually it was a lot to run both. And it was such a small town. So I closed the small one and kind of have, had been in Motown since. And last July we sold that gym. Um, so that had been 15 years. Yeah. So. Congratulations. Yeah. We, Thanks. we, uh, affiliated in 2008. So you and I are, were at a similar trajectory there. Um, you were on seminar staff. Both of you guys were. Um, Bill, you, mm -hmm. you joined uh, much later after the military. Um, we never did a seminar together, but I, I mean, I remember being cordial to you and, and definitely like knowing who you were. And then, uh, yeah, Bill, I had the luxury of coaching your level one at Fort Hood. Were you in mm -hmm. Dallas for a short period of time as well? Yeah. Yeah, I was working after I graduated college. Went to was working for Price Waterhouse doing auditing and accounting, which gotcha. was uh, yeah, that just was real, not the, real blast, real rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, really, really in line with with all of that. Um, and then wanted to join the military. Whatever, quit, quit PwC. Wanted to live away. Want to get away. Uh, moved down to Dallas, Addison actually um gotcha and was there for a little over a year during like the enlistment process and all of that so that's why i drove over to fort hood when um yeah when i saw a seminar come up because mm -hmm. where i was and there wasn't like a thousand of them all the time and was like really into it and was like i just where can i get more i was the only civilian at the time actually um Bill has printed out at one point, he printed out every journal article and laminated the pages. I didn't laminate the pages. I put them in document protectors. So. Dude, I did too. I have like a binder <laughs> of all those. Yes. I, I, honestly, yes. I bet we're not the only ones. I think lots of us like before, you know, you could access them. Like you just thought like that was kind of the process for school too. It's like, okay, I need to print this out and like have like a hard document. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my my brother and I had that on the shelf. We're like, oh, let's let's consult uh, Journal right, Twenty One. Right. Let's let's review some of the the zone recommendations. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Um, so just you know, putting a bow on this, so so people know who you are. Um, you guys met in 2010. When did y'all get married? So you knew each other for a long time. We. Yeah, he 2010, he came into the gym, and then we actually got married, like, we had, 
we got married in like a courthouse situation before he deployed in 2013. And uh, so yeah, Pretty so this year will be our yeah. It was it's very. All, it was like Judge Judy really? uh, was yeah, but we actually had then a fun party kind of situation when he came back. So it's very confusing for us to know when we actually got married, but we do know that 2013 was our wedding date. So yes, we'll be celebrating 10 years this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. That's awesome. And so Bill, you were in the army. You were special forces. You did. There, there's technically different aspects of special forces in the army, right? Like Rangers is technically special forces. You were a Green Beret. Is that did I get that right? Is that is that all right information? Special operations forces special operations. is like the umbrella term. Special forces refers too. just to Green Berets. Gotcha. So. But there are different, huh, there are I different units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just an arm. So Army Special Forces is Green Berets. Mm-hmm. Army Rangers are a special operations force for sure. And they're, you know, they're very good at what they do. You know, there's Delta and other units and different activities um, that all fall under like the umbrella term of Special Operations Forces. But Special Forces is specifically Green Berets, yeah. And then you, you got out of the military in what year? End of 2015. End of 2015. And then very soon after that, you guys started between the years. And, and as I've heard you talk about it, it was, it was more of a, a hobby at first. And it was more of a way for, for people that weren't in the military to experience some of the psychologically impactful um, iterations that you that you got to experience without without some of the the negative implications or or some of the um you know cadre screaming in your face or or things that like you know you decided like maybe you weren't necessary is that right yeah that's right i i wanted to i was i wanted to do whatever i could to create experiences and learning opportunities for people that pulled on you know, very powerful, impactful past experiences, both in the military as well as, you know, having the benefit of some really incredible coaches throughout my um, athletic career, but also, you know, allowed them to not be completely divorced from real life. Um, so that started as events. And the the yelling and the screaming, like, um, yeah, that there's plenty of companies and events and stuff and people you will gladly take your money to, to yell and scream at you and dial up the suck. That's just never been my thing. Um, even yeah. in the, even in the army, like, you know, and in, in, in all of the different trials and tribulations you're put through the dudes who usually yelled the most had the least amount to say. Hmm. And the ones who really were for life. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's like amazing. Um, the ones who looked you in the eye and used, a few words to say a lot. Those are the ones you're like, Oh, your thing hits differently. Cause I can tune mm. you out at a certain point. All volume is able to be just the same and tuned out delivering the message. That was kind of what I was doing. I, I wasn't, I was never kind of one of those people who's going to like, you know, come slam me in the face and do all of that. So that's how it started. Yeah. Between the years, that's how it started. I, think so highly of you guys i i think what you're doing 
is such an encouragement to me. Um, and I'll be honest, I was thinking about this this morning. I have a really like cynical and pessimistic, pessimistic view of social media. But one of the shining lights is having connected and, and reconnected with you guys in several ways through social media and that, you know, a lot of times you can get off of scrolling social media and just, just be, you know, jacked up. But I'll, I'll purposely like click on what you guys got going on and see it. And I find it, I find it so uplifting and so encouraging. Cause like you said, you know, people don't realize like how deep we are, you know, and it's just, uh, it's lonely. It's lonely when you're, you have such depth to your character. Um, but all joking aside, it's just been, it's been great to see what you guys are doing. And I thought it would be really fun just to have a, a candid conversation about what's been hard in this transition from, like you said in the beginning, um, you know, the, the atypical CrossFit gym to now between the years and, you know, BPR and, and there's, there's, there's things I'm sure in your business and, and definitely in ours that are always going to remain the same. There's going to be a physical component. There's going to be, um, you know, that's going to be the keystone of ways that we can express ourselves physically. And just like you said, with that transformation example, um, but I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to ask you guys some questions about as you made that leap, like looking back, what, what advice would you have for coaches? Because just like the consumer where I think there's a lack of creativity, I think for the practitioner, for the, the coaching professional, they see some of these things that we're talking about. It's like, hey, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know how to start that process. I hear you. It should be more about fitness, but that's too abstract for me to even know like the, the first step to take. Um, I'd love to hear what you, what you think about that. You want to take a stab at that? Sure. Um, yeah, and I think it's a, and, and I appreciate you asking that question and also acknowledging the position of the coach who might be full of enthusiasm and optimism and energy. And to that extent, I think that my first thing of advice would be like, do not let that die. Mm. Protect that energy and that enthusiasm and that optimism do not let that thing die because when that is when that flame burns out man like we've lost and whatever it might be and if it if it is deviating from the norm if it is maybe not maybe going into like the sort of crazy esoteric wild idea stuff that maybe you know bpr and between the years and stuff maybe (laughs) seems like like fine that's fine but like, don't let your enthusiasm and your curiosity and your optimism die. Um, and so, to that extent, I think you know, being curious has to be the fuel, and perhaps you know that type of fuel to the fire. And only you know what makes you curious. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, you know, I, I think one of the things that. I learned real quick. Um, I got out of the army and was fortunate to have a wife who was on level one staff, level two staff, you know, almost 10 year affiliate owner at the time, like coached so much, be like, Hey, I've never coached. I know I've read every journal article. I've watched damn near every video, 
I didn't bring a movies on deployment. I brought the journal, like downloaded, like every single thing. So I'm oh, like, hey, I'm gonna watch. like it was obsessive, you know. But it was <laughs> man after my own heart. You know, like and but you'd never actually coach. But I never coached somebody. I do yeah. do an air squat, yeah. so it's like I could tell you all about this stuff. But I never actually did it in person, and like the 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 experience, the lived involved experience, like the in vivo experience is really the essence of the education. What? Yeah, I was just going to say something. So anyway, I was fortunate to learn from her and learn like, yeah, yeah, don't do this, don't do that. That's not good. This, that, the other. Oh, yeah. She um, probably saved you a decade of mistakes. Oh, yeah. Easily. Right. And easily. when he wanted to do level one, I was like, all right, let's get in the circle. Let's do the thing. Uh -huh. I, I think... I was like, come on, we don't need a circle. She's like, get in the fucking circle. You're gonna, yeah. like, all right, get in the circle. Like, you know, I know, nobody the gets in a circle. on but, the medicine balls. Yeah, you got to yeah. put the circle together. I think, you know, for especially, like, I think a lot of the people we're talking about in this space are CrossFit coaches, like, mm -hmm. which is interesting because I think for everybody, like, we really, I do think the level one is a really wonderful course. Like, and it's an, it's an experience. It is like, I've taken NASM and, and different courses over my time as a fitness professional. And the level one is definitely like more experiential. And I think of re reminding people, I think kind of to Bill's point about like not losing that, that thing. Most people who left that course, the thing that, or I'll speak for myself, the thing that was so moving or inspiring to me had nothing to do with the movements like it was that connection that feeling the um and so that's not really different at the affiliate level you know and and at a certain point i think the advice is kind of how can you like for a lot of people their best moment as a coach their most memorable time like what tell me about like one person that stands out in all your years of coaching, they'll probably tell a story that's more about like some experience or something that happened to that person on a emotional level. Not most people will probably not say, Oh, I, I helped this guy, you know, PR his deadlift. And so I think coaches and a lot of CrossFit coaches inherently already know what we're saying. Um, and just one need that reminder of like, Hey, like, what is that thing that like actually matters or is, is moving or has people come back? But I think from like a technical side, then the next thing is like, well, what can get in the way of that? And I think from our experience, and this is what's challenging is the connection is so important, but if you're bogged down with too much teaching, too much technical stuff, too much just interference, just inherently so this person doesn't kill themselves or injure themselves that that's going to like get in the way. Cause you're so focused on that stuff. Um, and that's like the biggest thing. It took me a while actually at the between the ears fitness gym to like em really embrace that. Like only recently have I really felt like, okay, I'm, I'm like doing enough because I'm not the way we program things. They're not, we don't program a lot of super complex movements. We don't. So you're not running around um, having to, that's not getting in the way of the connection with people. Um, 
So I think from technical stuff, just looking at what's interfering with you and that human interaction. And that could be mm -hmm. movements. It could be too much in a class. Like if you have 60 minutes and you are just so focused on squeezing it all in, there's no time to ask someone like, hey, I notice you're kind of like, like, like what's, what's going on today? How are things? Like asking more than just for them to do something. Um, so I think that's kind of one of the things when we look at coaches who want to head more in this direction, um, you have to look at like what's, yeah, what's getting in the way. Um, one of the big ones, we were actually talking about this last night, it, you know. Because we have no real life. We don't talk about other things. We mostly talk about these things. And sometimes I'm like, can we please just watch a television show? Um, but like agency, like that's been a huge, that's like one of our main, like main things. Like the ABCs of between the ears. Number one is A is for agency. Yeah. And, you know, giving people that or helping them find that is like, the biggest thing and there's a lot that can get in the way of that and I don't think the, inten the intention isn't always bad you know you want to help that person oh you can do more weight or just do this and and to the point of Bill was saying like don't let this die it it can be overwhelming because when you try to give someone agency and the immediate thing is just tell me what to do I don't know I don't care just tell me and there's like a pushback and so it takes time mm -hmm. it you know all these things it's not tomorrow you decide you're going to get back to changing people's lives and not caring about how much they squat. That's a journey. It's not like, okay, I just do these things and then all of a sudden yeah. I'm, I'm a wizard. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that you said about curiosity, I was, I was thinking this earlier this week that, that I, and I'm so thankful for this, but I think some of the desire to expand for myself is absolutely curiosity, but it's also subconsciously giving myself a harder problem to solve. Yeah. And this yeah. thing that we're talking about is, is a yeah. really hard problem to solve. It's not as easy as like, Hey, how do I get somebody more, you right. know, cardiovascularly fit? Yeah. But I'm really thankful for that. And I, and I think like, you know, losing your curiosity, losing your enthusiasm could be somehow correlated to not having a, a difficult enough problem to solve. And so I think like embracing mm -hmm. that and, and saying like, Hey, I'm, I may not be able to ever figure this out in a lifetime, but you know, I'm going to do my darndest to try to create like a more accurate, um, map, so to speak of, mm -hmm. of transformation versus like, you know, what it has been. And then I think agency is a really cool concept. And I'm sure that it's because we want to dial in every single minute of a class and we want to, we want to be certain and have control of everything to release some of that control. I'm sure the first response from a lot of people is to almost have ambivalence, right? You, like you said, it's like, Hey, I, I don't, I don't even know what to do with this autonomy. Right, I don't, right. I don't even know what to do with this agency. And so it sounds like, from a facilitator standpoint, you really can't jump to rescue that person like too soon in this different mm -hmm. model that we're talking about. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's the patient's piece is understanding that they, they have to, it takes time for them to get on board and, and smaller things. You're not, you got to titrate it, you know? Yeah. I, this is going to maybe, I don't like to be polar. Like I like one of the reasons why Karyan and I love your stuff on social media and it's likewise, it's a, it's like a, Oh, like relief is that it's not the tactics of I'm going to be polarizing. I'm going to be intentionally provoking or like provocative. It's like, I, this is what I believe and this is what I think, or this is what I'm working through and I'm sharing it. And of course that's going to, there's going to be a range of people who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, mm, no, 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 but not intentionally to like get target the no, no, no people because the bees, the beehive of the social medias of that whole crap. So, the, so I, I say that to caveat, like I'm not trying to be polarizing and, and, and provocative in that sense. And, and this is just an observation. And I've talked with quite a few coaches who have done this for quite a long time and frankly have talked to a mentoring group of coaches and kind of said the same thing of like, if we're being curious, curiosity is a form of honesty too. We're sort of seeking honesty and 10 fingers at me at this one. Like I'm first in line to admit this for so long. I coached and it was about me. It was about the coach hmm. and I gave these many cues. I did verbal, visual, tactile. I cross cross circle cued cross room coached. I was like this, that, the other good, but not too much. I gave the feedback sandwich, boom, boom, boom. And it's like, Oh, look how good you are. <laughs> and yeah, you can say maybe the person opened their <laughs> hip or got below depth one or two reps like that. But like, you're telling me how good of a coach you are. And a lot of, I think these skills and um, things are about how good of a coach, you know, you are. And, and, it's like, did you ever ask that person how it was to pepper them with 17 different points of performance? Yeah. <laughs> tell them no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was, you carpet bombed them. You, that was great, dude. Every, every single cue and thing in the bag. Or to always tell someone, like, you can get better. Like, that's awesome. Every day, you're just, like, never good enough. Like, am I ever, like, that's yeah, so, you, be, so you can always so get better. Fun. But, like, yeah, what about just, like, you know what, today, like, that's awesome. Like, be where you're at. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that's just like, as a coach, the number one thing, one of the things I think with our model and our, our approach and what, you know, the collectively we do, we firmly believe in putting as much power as possible into the hands of those who, who deserve it and need it the most. And that's our members and that's service. Mm -hmm. And that's like coaches have too much power and powers an intoxicant and when we see that like it's kind of and i struggled with this it's really uncomfortable to let this person kind of flail around a little bit when you start oh, to yeah. change some paradigms and you want to scratch that itch just to be like okay good here do this blah, blah, blah. and you go back to your and you're like no 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 man like they need to struggle they need to struggle and figure it out and that's part of the journey that's part of what you're dosing them with at the psychological at the transformate transformative level as a coach you need to have that own internal 
um, patience mm-hmm. and, and tolerance to not scratch the itch and jump in and be like, here, here's the solution. Boom. So like learning how to coach humans, not just body parts is what we say. Yeah. But also as a coach, learning to check in with your own desire to scratch that itch of I'm not doing a good job. Like, don't make it about you. It's not about, it's not about you. Make it as least about you as possible in service of, you know, the relationship. And I think I, I see why now you had that disclaimer on polarization because it is the polar opposite of what we were, we were taught to do. It's like, I'm a good coach. It's like, good at what? Good, good at what? Yeah. Commanding yeah. attention. Well, performing. Some of it's a performance. Right. Yeah. Performing. And I think what we're, you know, gently, I would say gently, you know, it's not in your face. It's not, you know, like, yeah, this is stupid, but it's like, hey, you know, good. <laughs> Although good I'm getting what? close. I'm getting close. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I have to say, like, I'm, ha- I'm happy to see, like, like, I just find it strange, like, this is a little bit of a deviation, but Deviate. because I think about when you're saying, like, what I think about when I play out the scenario of saying, hey, well, what do you think today, or whatever that conversation is, of not giving in and telling the person, then there's like, well, they're just coming here because they don't want to think, they think about enough in their life, and like, I, I don't, like, that's what I'm here paying you to tell me. And there's this bigger thing of like, but okay, like what you're after is like meant like physical, like this whole picture of wellness. And I know that that can help you and all this stuff. And so then it gets into mindset and mental health and that they are in, intrinsically like connected, like what you, you just don't have a choice, like physiological and psychological, like that they, they impact each other. So it is great to see those words out there more um, in this space, mental health mindset. But I still think to this point, it's still not about the people. It, it, it's still about, it's a kind of the wrong target. It's like mindset. So you can maybe like perform better or, you know, and we're helping people's mental health by, you know, I'm not even sure how, cause to date we haven't <laughs> seen many people have a solution. Yeah, what? Like, yeah. Right. Like, well, what are you doing to help them? You know, and that's like the big thing for us is in however many years of CrossFit, that part of the definition is like based on like psychological tolerances, but nobody has talked about, well, what is a psychological tolerance or what's tolerance and how do you do that within the scope of the gym? And, you know, now it's the sprinklings are there, but I think for it to really, um, have success that first step is definitely what bill's saying like it it needs to be less about you as the coach and if you if you really want to impact someone it has to be about where they're at in in always yeah i i couldn't agree more with that that it's almost like when somebody does something nice for you and you say to your significant other like you know that was so nice we should we should write them a note and you don't do it, but it makes you feel better just by saying it. It's like, yeah. you know, psychological. I'm talent, a good person. Mental health. Yeah. About it. Mind, mindset. It's like, hey, man, what, what are you actually doing with those words? Like, just, just saying them doesn't mean you're doing them. 
No. I I won't go off. Really? I mean. Go off, dude. Come yeah. on. Go off, dude. Let it out. Go on, Bill. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I think I, I have a lot of respect for what CrossFit did. And specifically the definition of fitness. And they were like, look, we don't really see anything out there currently at the time that's measurable, observable, repeatable. And that was their criteria. And this is what we're going to do, and this is what we believe in. And, they, and, and, and they, they, they said, this is what we think. And this is the model that we're going to operate through. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. We're going to kind of dive into it, and we're going to try to we're going to we're going to rip it apart. And we're going to see what 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 holds, what ripped. I think mindset is very much similar, in that it's like, what does it mean? Is there a definition? Not to be, you know, oh, you're the guy or gal who you know gets credit for the Webster Dictionary entry. No, not none of that. It's so that what is an operational definition? Mm-hmm. That the terms mean something, not just theoretically, but in practice, and we can sort of transmit it to others, and they can repeat it without echoing and not be a parrot. And it, and I think that's like something I have a lot of respect and the ingenuity of what CrossFit did for that. But like mindset, it's like the same thing. Well, what what does it mean? What's a definition? Not to say like, oh, I'm smart, you're not, but what are the terms? And I have yet to find, I mean, there's an entire book. Carol Dweck's book is great and growth and fixed. And, you know, but like, that's, that's like a, that's a pebble of the sand on a beach worth of mindset, psychological processes. What does that mean? And, and all of that. And, you know, even in her book, mindset, there's no definition of mindset. It's wild. And, and and it is wild. And I was like, oh, let me go back. I'm I'm curious, you know, what her thing is. And I'm like, there's no definition in this. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I think that for us establishing when we say this word, this is what we mean. Um, there's attributes, there's there's descriptors, but what's the definition? And I think that's something that my concern is well, if you start to say, look, Here's a couple psychological tolerances. So we're going to talk about this mindset thing. And we establish a term. What I've found unfortunate that I don't like about the CrossFit community, specifically those who are in positions of kind of power and gatekeeping, is that dogma drives a lot of defensiveness. Mm -hmm. And there's this notion of if we didn't say it, it's, 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 it's a heres- it's like, it's a heretic. And I think that is one of the challenges that I have and where it's kind of like, yeah, I, uh, what am I trying to say here? The, for as much as we know the value of being curious and that is, a, is, is super important. And when it's like, no, 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 that's not a thing or, it's not ours. We don't own it. Therefore, it's not. Right. Because CrossFit didn't come up with it. It's going to be completely invalidated. That's yeah. what you're saying. And it's like, sure. And maybe that's why 
psychological tolerance is the last mention of it is in the definition. So again, not to be overly, you know, provocative, but there's five components, constantly varied functional movements, high intensity, relative, physiological, psychological tolerances. So you're telling me 99% of CrossFit affiliates and coaches are doing 80% of CrossFit. They're not doing the psychological tolerance piece. Where's, Which where's from, the mention of right. it? Which, and like, again, I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, not that guy that's trying to like, you know, poke and there's so many of those on the internet, but it is one of those things. Like we talk about getting 1% better every day. Well, how about at a minimum, not leaving 20% completely unaccounted for. And that's not to say that like, oh, you're doing this and it's wrong or blah, blah, blah. But like how many coaches ask their members individually, hey, what can you tolerate psychologically today? Do you even know how to answer that? What does that even mean? And with that information, and what when do you we... And when you ignore it every day and shut it off, how is that maybe negatively impacting you? Yeah, well, yeah. What, are, what are some of y'all's, and not to say that you, you know, it's like you solidified it and it's like, hey, this is, this is all I'll ever think on the subject, but what are some of the conclusions you guys have come to? Easy ways that you've tried to conceptualize mindset, easy ways that, and, and I know we've talked about some of these, that you can start to, to breathe some order into a very chaotic term like psychological tolerance. What, what have you guys found that, that would be helpful to hear? Not to say that you figured it all out, but at least some steps yeah. along the right direction. Yeah, I mean, because we definitely have not figured it out. And yeah. I think we want to be clear about not making a, a claim to that. What we have learned, though, what we've been taught by the people who have answered the questions we ask them, like it's, it's totally collaborative, is that there are kind of these like general, like maybe these like four themes or buckets there's the people who say, I can't do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. There's the people who say, I won't do X, Y, and Z. There's those who say, I can do X, Y, and Z. And there's the people who are like identifying and belief that like I am this type of person or whatever. And like wow. those four buckets of this thing, it's funny, you know, we're actually doing a uh, like a one-day coaches workshop in December about, about this and diving into each of them. And like, what does it mean? It's not to say like, if someone just says like, I can't do something like, it's like, Oh, well, yes, you can. It's like, that's scratching the itch. Sit with the thing that the person is saying, like, I can't go hard today, you know, mm -hmm. like, or I can't, I can't sit on the bike and go easy. I, I hear you telling me that Spencer. I know that like, okay, some zone two work, some, what we're going to go, we're going to go put on some pleasant music or a podcast you like and keep your heart rate around here and just hit the bike and like, man, just have a good time. Like, you know, and it, just, I just can't do that. And it's like, yeah. they're telling us something and that's physiologically they can, they absolutely can without a doubt. You know, they, you can do that. We're not asking you to do, well, you can also go hard even physiologically, like even if you're beat down, like you can always, like, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got but 10 years worth of experience there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's the, the, this thing of like, um, those are sort of, that's kind of like a theme that we've, that we kind yeah. of look for. And for coaches, like 
looking into that. And then, of course, sort of the, the good stuff is like, great, how do you develop someone's capacity, their tolerance, their change their story, their belief, their narrative about self and the world to, you know, to account for these different things? Because everybody's mm-hmm. going to have some of those. You know, and, and it's even that notion of like the, that, that I am. Well, we can see where that can become an identity. And one of the pitfalls I of identity is attachment. <laughs> I, I am, am the, the air bike. Yeah. 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 Like I love Bruce Lee and you're like, I am, he, he is the punch. Like I am the punch. And you're like, Whoa, I, I don't know. Like that sounds awesome, but I don't know what, what you're talking about either. <laughs> you know, but like the, the identity component <laughs> is a thing. And yeah. But it, I think it, that's, that's where learning to just, um, yeah, involve, the person so that they're back to the agency piece that they're sort of like there's a little bit of like a light bulb and awareness i mean that's the other thing like some awareness going on not just robots mm-hmm. you know like wind them up and turn them in a direction um and that is super powerful and psychologically for their life but i think the other thing like with the physiology is at a certain point, not doing this stuff and, and feeling like you have to fill in the blank or got to go hard or which so many people do. And, and I still struggled with like taking a day off. Like there's still Guilty. that. Yeah. There's like, Oh, like, um, and I know, you know, it's not even rational. It's like, well, I right. know that I need this day. This will help me all the things. It's the emotional piece of like, mm-hmm. and like wanting to like, to Bill's point, like that, resonates like scratch that itch of like oh i just need to kind of like get this fixed i mean and is that dopamine like who there's many things that you could get into with that but at a certain point physiologically it's going to hurt that person and so like if we're saying like oh i don't care about the mental health stuff and i don't care about the psychological piece i just care about getting better it's like cool if you want to look better feel better and perform better actually you do need to pay attention to this and you know it's like kind of selective people idealize athletes for the the work part the more more mm-hmm. more hey look what these guys are doing i want to that's that's currently like what mindset is like performance mindset and they look at them and they try to emulate them now ironically many athletes are saying hey i'm not mentally well you know or i'm not even like physically the healthiest because they're athletes and they're professionals and that's just their job. They're not going for longevity and health. But the other um, thing is, you know, high level athletes actually do psychological assessments to see where they're at that day. They do, you know, the football players do a grip strength test and like, then like depending on like, okay, where are you at that day? Physiologically, like, we're going to train based on that. I mean, there's tennis, you know, we were watching the tennis documentary yeah. thing, like, hey, we take into account so-and-so's sleep, stress. You're like, mm-hmm. yes, like, but, but somehow we're like, oh, yeah, no, I don't care about that part. I just want to be selective about the part that makes me feel better about who I am by going harder. So, mm-hmm. you know, those two things, they they actually this do matter. And, you know, we've... I, I use the, you know, the, um, the whole thing, like if you meet a, a 
you're dating and you meet somebody and people are like, oh, like, so what did you think of her? And the, and the person says like, well, like she had a really good personality. And it's kind of saying like, yeah, like, okay, what's that saying? Sometimes I think when we talk about this stuff, like the mental health side and the psychology, that's like what people think. Like, oh, that's nice. Like she has a really nice personality. But like the reality is it's not just that. Like it's, it's not a enabling thing. Like we're actually fitter probably than we've ever been and we have a really good personality. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, in place of like, oh, that's good that you feel good about yourself, but you suck at performing. Yeah, it could feel enabling. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's both. It's like they're both elevating the other. That's a great point that it's not, once again, it's not this or that, but you're saying I, I would like them both, please. I would like right. to be physically fit. And I would like to be psychologically resilient in all areas of my life so that I might thrive as long as I'm alive. Because you and I both know that you can be in really good shape and your life be in shambles. You can have a great friend time and be a raging asshole. And it, one one doesn't demand that the other's there. But I, I think that is a, a tendency where it's like, oh, you know, I've just, I'm so... I'm so mindful of who I am that I don't care if I'm fat. And it's like, well, no, you know, we're not, we're not saying that either. Right. It's like, Hey, right. let's have, let's have some of both. Um, I think that brings up a good point of intelligent discomfort. I feel like you guys are doing a really good job of that. Whereas, you know, we could say before, and we've all been, um, slaves to this, but it's like, hey, you know, in order for me to feel like I really got what I needed today, it needs to always be um, uncomfortable or that there's only one flavor of discomfort. Yeah. But it sounds like you guys have come up with, and, and that's why I've loved Dose. Um, love for you to explain that a little bit. Um, and then just even your take on on that concept, which is a I think a really exciting notion. Again, I'm going to let Bill answer this, but the toler it's like, that makes us think of like tolerance, which has been. I'm writing that down because that's the first I've heard of it. I've, I've never heard. Oh, um, intelligent discomfort. Intelligent discomfort. Thank yeah. you for that. That's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I just kind of got lost in that, like, dang. Light bulb. That was that's cool. Same here, man. I didn't come up with it. I'd like for you to think that I did. <laughs> Where'd you first hear it? Where'd you hear it? Uh, have you read The Comfort Crisis? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great book. Um, I feel like it's in there somewhere. So I, I want to give that guy credit for that. I, I I clearly didn't come up with that. Maybe I did. I don't know. You know. There's this phrase in the army that we used to say, because there's no short, anybody who's ever been in the military or a locker room maybe knows that your stuff, like if you don't put a lock on it and you're, it's going, it's going somewhere. Yeah. So there's this phrase that we said that, Hey man, there's only one, there's only one thief in the army. Everybody else is just trying to get their shit back. <laughs> so perhaps it's uh Hey, you know, it's an amalgamation of different things. 
let's just say that we came up with this together on this podcast and, and I'll quote you and you can quote me. <laughs> yes. And it'll just stop yes. right there. Done. Yeah. The circular reference. Quote. Um, yeah. Intelligent discomfort. Ooh, I don't even know how to begin after that. So the dose that we do is like this weekly exploration into a concept, a theme that is applicable to life. Yes, for sure. It is just like, Hey, here's this thing, go explore it. And the move and the workout is the kind of physical manifestation of that theme. For example, we're talking about, we just did a, we just wrapped up like a three week, I don't know, mini class or whatever on, on, um, anger and the skill of letting go. And so we had each week a progressive, yeah, which could be, which is a lifetime practice. And I think that's the thing that like, I don't know how we can communicate this better. I think we need to, that is a many, like a daily practice, the skill of letting go. And it's like so hard to do because it's like you, it's one of those things that you can't force it's like if you're forcing it, you're not actually letting go. So, um, so for example, the, the first one was about, you know, kind of anger and, and letting go and what are you holding on to? So to represent that we had, we, we dosed people, we administered the workout of a one mile farmer carry and generally start with about 25% in each hand. But if that's too much, because you can't, if you, if, if you can't make it a hundred meters without dropping it at the beginning, it's probably too much. And like, I think the intelligent discomfort with the dose, how, how I kind of see that being applied is that, um, this combination of the physical with the psychological, like I did that and it was, it was incredibly uncomfortable and I did not like what was coming up and, you know, I was like, it was, it rocked me. Physically, yeah, like I'm, I've done enough carrying of stuff in life that I know that like, yeah, when your grip goes and like your palm starts feeling like it's splitting, you're like, okay, well, this is just, I'd like to carry it. I want to carry it. It's not for yeah. wanting. It's just a physiological thing. But the psychological component of that and where the physical practice of the of the experience highlighted something deeper than whether or not I could do a, you know, a, 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 a competitive performative style kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of carry. But, but even in some of the things that are like, like we, I think one of the, the our first workout in that dose, the, the program is like on the echo bike and it's extremely uncomfortable, but I think the, in the intentionality is where like the intelligent piece comes in. You mm -hmm. know, it's not, it's not punitive. It's not to suffer like, you know, like there's meaning in the suffering and there is intention and it's not every day, you know, that there is a question like if every day is so unbearable and you're just surviving it, like, like that, that doesn't make any sense. Like just, just, you don't need to have a degree in a master's in exercise physiology to figure out like, I don't know, like, or know much about the body or the mind, like if every day is like you're surviving it, like so putting in, and that's kind of the funny use of that term, like that's why we did call it like the dose, like dosing that in a smart way mm -hmm. that has 
something, some value behind it. Um, and if it is just the physiological, okay, like we tell people once a week, you should really be uncomfortable. Like go, go there. Now do it with movements that aren't going to, you know, do it with a sled, do it with a bike, do it with something, not, not a snatch or a deadlift. Um, but like feel what that's like and feel what comes up and, but that's, that's intentionally placed into a week or a month or your, the rest of the things that are happening so that you can tolerate it and it's not going to um, be destructive. It's going to have value. Yeah, you know, weaving back in some of the things that you guys have said to to check in with yourself and determine, okay, what what is really like the the prevailing narrative that's inside my head? Is it I, I can't do this today, I won't do this, I can do this, or I am this? I think that can correlate to the type of discomfort that you should seek out. Mm-hmm. Because agree or disagree, you know, with so many years of CrossFit, I sometimes have a harder time doing zone two long duration work, even though physiologically it's not as destructive to me, but to just be present with my brain for long periods of time. And so I think like, that's a great, that's a great way to connect those two. It's like, Hey, the, the prescriptive dose that you need based on how you evaluate your level of tolerance doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be easy, but it, it can give you permission to change that type of discomfort, which I think is more intelligent than just going hard, you know, three on one off. Mm -hmm. And I think for, I I don't even know if I've really verbalized this for myself, but whereas before it was like, Hey, every day I work out, I'm going to try to just go hard in the paint now. And it's a good thing to circle back to like, Hey, we still want to be really physically fit and and perform well. Now, there is typically a day every seven to 10 days where I say, I am the bike. And mm-hmm. I, I know what that means, right? Like, I'm about to fuck myself up. Right, right. And I give myself, I give myself permission to do that because I've checked in. I've, mm-hmm. And also, the other training has been in preparation for that one or two days where it's like, hey, right. I've painted myself into a corner and there's no reason that I can't do this. And I think yeah. that is a that is a much more evolved way to take this thing that we know and love back to what you said at the end of the level one. It's like, hey, you know, somebody can show up with a better way to get fit. Well, guess what? We just did it, right? It's it's <laughs> variations yeah. of discomfort based on your tolerance that that you can then really yeah, embrace like some of those yeah, embrace some of those like really um rudimentary or like, you know, radical notions of, of having different tolerance levels, the same, you know, workout versus like it being the the exact same thing over and over again. So that's, that was pretty enlightening just to connect those for me. That's awesome. Period. (laughs) I was doing a little writing yesterday um, just in prep of this course or this workshop and stuff. And just, you know, generally, like there's so much, right. I'm sure you're similar, but like so much stuff ideas out that me, I get overwhelmed thinking like, okay, I got to like share this or I got to like put it out there. I got And it's just like, man, like, like 1% of all of that stuff really actually goes out there. And I'm learning to try to sit with and tolerate 
that being the case that there's still value in just like distilling things down and, and personally. But I was thinking about this like again, like with tolerance, because we're we're we we're like definitely doing like a you know, kind of focus on that. Insulin sensitivity. When, you know, people, their A1C is whatever high, they're pounding, you know, Mountain Dew and Doritos and, and blah, blah, blah. They lose that insulin sensitivity. Mm. There's something to be said also about intensity sensitivity. And the more you dip into the often forced high-intensity attempt at high-intensity, you lose the sensitivity to the intensity. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you lose the capacity to really be intense. And like you just said, hey, so every seven to ten days or so, you are being the, you are the effort. And that oh, effort yeah. is yeah. a tornado in the gym because the bike and it is just like pure expression the highest intensity you can generate but the seven to ten days prior to you know you weren't you weren't trying to go into that all the time mm-hmm. um varying degrees you know and, and and i really think that like if we were to look at what so okay body and mind and mind and body and these processes and we have this sensitivity to uh, you know, this insulin sensitivity, We, I've seen this for sure. There's an intensity sensitivity too. And again, I think that like what's required is to potentially step back from some of the ideology and the dogma, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. definitely a like a, that's something that my sensitivity gets really activated on when I sense ideology and dogma from a variety of life experiences. But um, in stepping back, we can also expand our field of view and perhaps embrace that notion that, you know, we all, we all kind of love and um, yeah, I don't know. To be continued. It's really good. It's really good. As as we're talking, I'm thinking like, man, we should do this like once a month and just come come on and uh, and like talk about like because we could spend a whole episode like just talking about identity and we could spend a whole yeah. episode talking about man, how do you get somebody unstuck? And a whole episode talking about man, what you're reading and what you're learning and what mm-hmm. uh, you know you're doing. So, yeah, I'm extremely thankful for you guys. I love getting to talk to you. Um, when is the are you calling it the ethos course the one in December that's the the one day four coaches yeah, or does so it have a different name we we've called our course ethos for a while and just for simplicity and not like ah, another thing it's it's still called ethos but it's a one day course and this one is definitely more focused on coaches I mean cool. someone who's not a coach could attend and learn a lot for themselves but it's more answering the question like okay how do we do this how do we train psychological tolerances how do we start to take action with this in gyms like great sounds good now what Um, so that's december 9th so we're hosting it actually at our old crossfit gym which is cool oh awesome um you obviously have an invitation if you can make that work there's there's like two three months so we're like putting it out there and like being like yes 
let's try to get um and it's cool we've we've we're we have some people coming that i think like it's good to see like some people who've been around crossfit for a while and it's hopeful that they're like all right like yeah i want to come learn and that's i think it can be overwhelming it can be in my opinion sometimes i can feel like it is overwhelming to think about shifting the culture or making changes beyond our gym, but you got to try. And I think this is like our attempt at trying. And um, so, yes, we would love to have you there if you yeah. can swing it. I saw and, it. Uh, I, hey, that's, that's why I mentioned it. I wanted, I wasn't trying to let anybody else know. I was just selfishly wanting that information. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for your time and can't wait for the next conversation that we can yeah, have. Same. Spencer, thank you. Keep up the great work, man.